You're listening to the EFC Podcast. Great Mentoring for Real Life Change is a new book published by Arrow Leadership and written by Doug Ward and Sharon Simmons. It's a how-to guidebook that will equip readers to move forward in effective mentoring. And mentoring is a kingdom activity, according to these authors. I'm Karen Stiller, and I spoke with experienced mentor, pastor, and author Doug Ward about what makes Christian mentoring distinct, the power of a great question, and how churches in particular could be doing better with mentoring. We hope you enjoy this interview. Doug, uh, let's define first what we mean by mentoring. Well, it's a, uh, a subject which, of course, has many possible definitions in multiple books. But for purposes of today, we use a definition that we've used at Arrow Leadership, which, and I'll, and I'll state it briefly and then just go into a couple of points on it. Christian mentoring is a dynamic, intentional relationship of trust in which a mentor enables a mentee to maximize the grace of God in his or her life through engagement with the Holy Spirit and service of God's kingdom purposes by sharing their life, experience, and resources. Now, I know that's a mouthful to swallow, but if I could just highlight a couple of things on that, it's clearly an intentional relationship that has been um, identified and that will be worked on by two people who agree on that with some kind of a covenant that they've worked out. Uh, it enables the other person to thrive, basically the mentee. That's the purpose of it. Um, it's looking at how the grace of God is being maximized in their life. It's holistic. And there's the awareness that there's the presence of the Holy Spirit that is functioning in the relationship. Um, it also is talking about the things of God and God's perspective. And it's also just sharing our life and common experiences with one another, because as two people are involved, it means that they can enter into that trust relationship where one life can, can bleed into another and nurture it and mature. So that's, that's the overall sort of understanding of of what the mentoring relationship involves and the different aspects of it. I love that you said maximizing the grace of God uh, in in the relationship and in the life life of the mentee. I think that's really beautiful. And what you're talking about sounds very intentional to me. It sounds organized and on purpose. So this is different from just popping up for coffee with a friend. Yeah, it's 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 not a casual cup of coffee, but a lot of it happens over a casual cup of coffee. But it's a it's a structured, intentional relationship that on, on the mentee's part looks almost natural as it begins to develop. And as the trust and as the chemistry begins to develop between two people, and we can look at that further, how that happens, um, it has a uh, sort of a natural quality to it of growth with the intention that a person is looking at some issues that they might not have looked at on a regular basis or even ever gone there. Okay. So um, help me understand, I'm sure it's very different from counseling, but let's say that. How, how is it different from counseling? If somebody um, has issues they want to talk with, would a mentor you know, redirect them if they had more serious challenges that a mentor couldn't help with, say? Yeah, yeah, that would be true. Counseling is very different. Um, Christian mentoring or mentoring period is really not counseling, although there is counsel given periodically, but it's not the foundational aspect. 
of the of of the relationship. Um, Christian mentoring is more um, distinct in that it's holistic. It's looking at different parts of a person's life, spiritual, relational, areas of uh, service and giving, and looking at areas that feed the soul, actually. A counseling relationship may be the inverse of that. Someone's coming with a specific issue. And as you're going through that issue as a good counselor, you're, you're bringing in other expertise and things to open that person up. So there are counseling parts of it, but one does not need a counseling degree to be a mentor. It's really about the person and, and allowing that to issue itself from their very heart and from their very soul. What is God doing in that relationship? So it's closer actually to spiritual direction in that direction that it is to counseling. So who makes a good mentor? Well, that's a really good question. And uh, most people that I speak to and that um, I would be encouraging to do this have actually never done it before. It's not something that comes naturally. Um, that person would be seen to have a couple of qualities. First of all, they're a learner themselves. They are prayerful. Um, as a person in looking at the world around them and praying into it. They're, they have a sense of humility, uh, integrity. Um, uh, there's, there's a sense of seamlessness about their life and how they act and what they think. Um, they're safe. Uh, the, probably one of the most important things is they're a good listener. They're able to, to do that and listen 80% of the time as opposed to talking 80% of the time. They're encouraging by nature. Uh, the other really important thing is they ask very good questions, um, and they empower people. So, so as a sense, now most people that would look at this may not see themselves as any of those things. Um, that's where humility might come in, actually. Uh, but you can learn to be a good mentor. You can you you can develop skills around that. The book we put together at Arrow enables one to look at that and become a good mentor by looking at some best practices and looking at uh, what hidden things that you have and you already possess as a person that you could pass on or that you could invest in someone else's life. You mentioned uh, best practices. So let's let's dive into some of those. But I'd, I'd love you to start with listening because you mentioned that as something very important. And um, I, I, I'm going to say that in my uh, Christian life, I think I have not come across a lot of great listeners. <laughs> um, so let's start there. Like, why aren't we good listeners sometimes and how can we be better? Well, we like to fix people. Right. Um, my natural tendency, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a pastor in my in my day job, is that people are coming to me either for answers or for some perspective. And my first inclination is sometimes to, well, I think I know what you could do here, but that's not going to be of help if they don't have um, something embedded in them to search out what God might be doing in the situation or to be able to learn on their own how to deal with those situations. So being a good listener is, I mean, does a couple of things. It helps analyze what's going on to hear that inner voice in one's own spirit as a mentor to figure out what's going on underneath the hood. Um, where is this person not seeing things in a spiritual fashion? Maybe they're, 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 there's a deprivation in their life with God. Uh, in their relationship to to Jesus the Savior, or um, maybe their relationships that they're 
that they're dealing with on an everyday basis, friendships and 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 uh, family of origin issues, are skewed, and they're not seeing life very clearly through that. Perhaps they're not coping well uh, under conflict, or there's issues. One has to get underneath the hood a little bit, and one needs to really listen and ask good questions to to situate where the person is. So when so. We're not just taking something that they throw at us. Well, I'm having trouble with this, and not seeing what's actually driving it underneath. So it's that it's that patient spirit that gets at those things over time. I think I mean, I mean I think the genius of mentoring is that it's transformation over time. It, it's not a instantaneous. I take this toolkit and go and function in this area, and you're going to be all right. Um, there's so many things and tentacles. Uh, that are going out, that are perhaps anchoring a person where they are frozen in their life. They may be stuck. Uh, they may have something that's critically holding them back. And one needs to spend some time and get underneath those things. See, I think uh, I think I have thought of mentoring or being a mentor as downloading experience and information to save people time. But that is not what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's... <laughs> It's certainly part of it. I mean, there comes a point where a person may go, so look, Doug, what, what should I do here? Now, after you've looked at all the options, and part of the thing is to look at the options if you come, if, if that takes place in a relationship of mentoring, you need to then say, uh, well, let's test this out. What do you think you should do next? Um, there, there comes a point where... Um, we can sometimes rescue a person in a healthy way by pursuing a, a discussion which would lead them to something that would be much, much better outcome than they are leaning towards. Um, also, after a mentoring relationship develops and, and between one session and the, ne- and the next, say a month later, you, we, we, you know, you, you agree that you would kind of look at this angle, you would look at this direction, you would do this next. Did you do that? What took place in that area? Uh, did that work for you? Um, in that way, there's a level of commitment on the part of the mentee that they've leaned into it, they've actually taken it seriously, they've tried to learn from it, and now we're going to debrief it together. So there's issues on the mentee's part that come into play here, like what makes a good mentee? Someone who themselves are 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 a learn learner, a good listener, um, someone who sees things, keeps appointments, is teachable, takes responsibility, applies learnings, um, are open to growth. Those those things need to develop in the relationship. We can talk about that a little later. What how 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 that could work better, but those are our issues. Now, you mentioned asking questions or asking good questions, learning how to ask questions. In the book, you talk about the art of the question. Tell me what you mean by that. Um, questions open up people. They, uh, they crack open the vault. Um, let me give you some questions that, that you might be asking uh, you know, okay. at any given time. I'm not um, going to answer them, though. No, I know. That's, that's pretty good. We can enter into that in a private conversation. Um, what, what makes you most dangerous for God's kingdom? Uh, what renews your energy? What drains your energy? Uh, what's your greatest opportunity right now? 
um, in the last month, what are the two greatest disappointments that you've experienced? And tell me more about that. Um, are you leaning into community or isolating yourself? Are you encouraging anyone in your life right now? Is there a decision you're hesitating to make? Uh, the question after about, uh, there's one really great question that I get to periodically is, what don't you want me to ask you about? <laughs> oh, yeah, that is a good one. Um, that's a good one. So mm -hmm. there's questions. Questions. I go into a mentoring relationship uh, in any particular time with two or three juicy kind of openers that um, sometimes take a mentee off guard or allow them to speak into something rather than just, so how are you doing lately? Um, are, are, are you sleeping well lately? What would Jesus say in this particular situation? If a friend was to give you advice right now, what do you think they would say to you? Something that takes and opens up their perspective in another way and kind of opens the gate and um, kind, of, kind of arrests them. And they go, oh, I never thought of it that way. Those are what good questions do. And we've produced uh, in Arrow lots of resources on really good questions you can ask as a leader in areas of delegation, in areas of uh, uh, leadership and leading others, uh, in areas of decision-making, in areas of transition. Uh, there's all kinds of really good things that you can ask to get a person thinking. Yeah, those are excellent questions. Uh, one of the things you say in the book is that one of the greatest gifts a mentor can give is perspective. And uh, I was thinking about how I can, you know, at 3 a.m., my problems seem insurmountable and huge. Uh, but of course, my perspective changes at 8 a.m. And so talk to me about that change of perspective and how important that is. Well, um, yeah, that's um, as you're working with someone as a mentor, there's a subtext going on underneath the surface. It's those things that go below the water level. Um, I'm looking at a person and there's a kind of an operating system I see going on. What's going on in their inner life and in their outer life? Are th is there a synergy there? Is there a distinct relationship with God and are they seeing things through a larger perspective? Um, are they being drained? by this situation or are they being fed? Are there relationships that are sucking them dry? Um, are there relationships that are feeding their soul? Um, is there a, if you looked, uh, one question I would ask a person is, okay, we're gonna take a look at this like an iceberg. Um, I see what's above the water and so do you. What do you think the nine tenths are below the water that are contributing to this? There's a, Oh, there's another wonderful context called circle of influence and the circle of concern. What are those things that you're concerned about, but you can't do anything about? And what are those things that you can do something about? And that really arrests a person. Um, oh, gee, I really, you know, I don't own that situation or that situation is not mine. I don't, I'm not, I'm not responsible for that. So what can you control in that situation? Uh, so there's there's areas around perspective that even asking good questions like that, where you can twist a person's mind and take them somewhere else in a fresh way, just a just a new lens. It's like going to a, to the optometrist and doing that lens thing where they keep switching the uh, things. Uh, is this clearer or is this clearer? Uh, that's the kind of image I have in my mind. Yeah, I actually hate that. <laughs> 
Me too. Yes. I yeah. Go back. Go back again. Go back again. Try it again. <laughs> exactly. Sure. Um, okay. We mentioned best practices, and we've talked about the questions and the listening. Uh, what are some other best practices we need to be aware of? Um, best practices would be certainly. Uh, yeah, I want to highlight again active listening, um, good questions, not being afraid to go some places which are difficult and hard and asking some harder questions. Um, how's, how's your, how's your life of, of purity doing? Um, that would be a question that down the road I would, I would be asking someone who I'm dealing with, um, where are some areas of potential growth that we could actually begin to highlight? What are the, some of the themes that we have seen developing here? Um, you seem to be blocked and stuck. We can't get any further here. What are some things that we need to uncover? And, and uh, how can we make you unstuck? How can we begin to navigate that? What's blocking that? What potentially is is uh, is getting in the way? Um, after three four sessions, my question to the person is: um, How are we doing together? Are we making some distinctive headway in any area that that is helpful for you? Uh, what would what could we do better to uh, to uh, target um, as a leadership development goal? If you're doing some leadership stuff. Uh, another really good question is if I need to speak a truthful word to you, how do you like to receive that? Do you like it verbally? Do you want me to send you an email? You, <laughs> how would you like me to address that with you? If, if I feel really strongly that something is, 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 is awry. How do you know, Doug, when your uh, mentoring has reached its conclusion? Like, what's a typical length of time that people meet together? When I'm working with someone, I usually uh, it, this uh, this uh, this gets into how you set it up in the first place. Uh, there's, if I can just address that for a second, uh, some uh, you know, in the book we talk about you sense that you want to work with a certain individual, or you come alongside a certain individual that you feel led by the Lord to, uh, to, to help thrive in their Christian experience. And uh, they may be a younger person. They may be some, it may, it may be a young adult. You may set up a, a cup of coffee and you say, look, here's what we want to do. And um, there's already a relationship there that's, that's already rooted, but you want to take it a little deeper and you want to do some more intentionality with that person you could set up some kind of a rudimentary covenant that says, Let, let's just meet for three months or so and see how this thing goes. Um, maximum for me is usually setting up something that lasts about six months. And then, uh, then it's a matter of, of, should I go deeper with this or should we continue with this? If, if, if it's something in a church environment or a, a institutional environment, there are some mentoring programs that are set up or, you know, sort of, uh, intentional discipling where the church is actually brokering those arrangements and people are saying, I'd like to be part of that. And the church or, or some, someone sets it up so that there's a buffer and, and a sponsoring agency that helps with those relationships. They tend to last about six months. Um, we have a program here in our own congregation, which lasts a year. 
and we handpick 12 people a year and we work with those people in a carefully structured kind of growth period and each of those people has a mentor and they meet for 10 months and there's an intentionality about that there's a covenant that's developed and we do it in the safe environment of our own congregational life so that is the three to six months uh, three months to test it out six months how are we doing together um, and then there's the ability to do closure uh, you know the 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 openness is there to discuss um, do you want to continue doing this and I have several relationships which are in transition right now and I meet with them less often and um, there's just an agreement that we need to to bring this to a close but there's no negativity about it it's been talked through and I usually bring that up with them so that there's no uh, that there's no equivocation on my you know, if I said I need to step back, um, I give them permission to do so. And when you're in sort of full throttle, is it biweekly? Is it monthly? Uh, usually a month. Okay. Monthly is is ideal for me. Um, the biggest stretch would be six weeks. After six weeks, you kind of get too distant from it. I know people are busy and uh, we're all busy. But if you take this seriously, um, you give time to it. You decide, no, I do have the time. I do have the two hours I can spend with a person. Hour and a half is minimum actually with the person. But when you look at travel time, you look at other things, it's really a two-hour block. And before I meet with a person, I'm spending some time thinking and praying about that relationship and about what I might want to say or where I need to go with it because I take copious notes after after I've met with a person about sort of what we talked about, maybe a theme that I want to bring up at the next meeting. Wow. So you are, the mentor is really engaged in an attentive posture the whole time, clearly. I think so. And it's, um, it's not only a privilege. Um, there's some work involved in this. There's some prayerful work. It's not ad hoc necessarily for me. It's if the person's life is valuable enough to invest in, and to help them thrive, uh, I want to make sure I give it my best. And uh, I'm not going to. I'm not there for me primarily. Although I learn so much from another person when we do these relationships at Arrow Leadership. Of course, people are coming into the program as part of the DNA that they're going to be mentored. So I have a natural entree, and they're expecting me to to do this at a, a more or less professional level or a level which is. Um, not exactly casual. It's quite serious about what we think, uh, the things that we get into. But as any other mentor relationship, there has to be the building of trust. There has to be good chemistry. And I have to work very hard at building that sense of um, seriousness and lightness at the same time, a sense of intentionality, but also, you know, to be able to laugh at the things that we get into and the things that we do and to because um, some of the stuff is just absolutely uproarious as I reflect on how I respond to things. So if somebody uh, has listened to this and they would like to be a mentor or want to be mentored, what, what do they do? Where do they go? Well, I'd like to say that they could read our book, which, which is true. Um, the book that we put together, Sharon and I, on behalf of our leadership, is a how-to manual to really do it. There's lots of books that talk about the philosophical basis of it, uh, the, the importance of it. I get that. We've tried to, to share that. But the book is really meant to say, here's how you do it. Here's how you set it up. Here are the best practices. 
Here are some things you can learn together. You could get a group of people together to talk about um, how you do mentoring and use the book as a guide for that. Um, churches are don't do very well in this area. Um, about two-thirds of pastors that I speak to, and i got to say this very carefully but lovingly, if they were honest, would say that their church or the place they serve has no serious intentional discipleship or mentoring program or effort going on in, in the body of Christ that they serve. And that is an indictment on the church. We need to figure this out. Um, the EFC stuff that talks about uh, the needs of young adults in the study that surfaced recently that uh, Rick and the team put together, you know, says young adults are looking for mentoring. Well, that's true, but there's really not many models of it. So we need to get a hold of that and we need to figure that out. Um, and we need to have adults or, it's, or, or, or people who are mature in the faith learn again how to invest and how to do that intentionally with a whole new generation and or we're going to lose um, that contact and that thrivability um, that is so so important so one way is to you know use the book and we're not trying to sell books here but that's one thing we wanted to put together was so how do you do it well here's how you do it well it's extremely practical your book it is very helpful yeah, and there's lots more that could have been said, but we wanted to keep it as uh, you could sit down and over a couple of days you could read it and kind of go, okay, I think I can do that. Um, that. Yeah, and as we said earlier, sometimes you can do this just as an individual or, and I pray that this takes place in more and more church bodies, that we do this as a collective and an importance for the community to take this seriously and figure this out. Our church has trained many, many mentors specifically for that reason. And then our job is to match those up with some younger believers or some people. So we've, we've tried to do that in my own congregation um, to uh, raise the bar and say, look, this is available to you. If you want to take part in this, we have some trained people who can do this. And then we also do that programmatically in the, in the church as well as individually. So where can people uh, get a copy of Great Mentoring for Real Life Change? Uh, they can go to the Arrow Leadership's website, www.arrowleadership.org, and they can order the book from there. They're available. They're not, they're not expensive. They're, uh, they're quite reasonable in cost, and we tried to keep the cost down for that reason. Um, that's, that's one place for sure that would be the best for them to get it. Doug, I have one last question for you. What What is the one question that you hoped I would ask in this podcast that I did not ask? <laughs> oh, that's that's really good. I'm glad to hear that one. Yeah, good question. Good question. Um, I think it's my heartfelt brokenness. My own story would say this did not happen in my life, and. It wasn't until much, much later that it began to take shape, but it came out of great brokenness on my part, and uh, I've been a believer since I was about 18, seriously. It just never happened with me, and and I, I don't know why that is. So if you'd asked me the question, why isn't this happening more, especially in the Christian community where we are to disciple people, if the church isn't doing that, 
I don't have an answer for that. I don't know why that is true and why we've slipped so much in our lack of intentional community building and intentional discipleship. And it just absolutely breaks my heart to watch where that has gone. I'm a, I'm a father with three daughters. I know the kind of things that they face every day. And uh, the world is screaming um, into their ears and it's deafening. And with the technology that we have on our uh, available, we are just not competing at all in that field of really growing people. And your question would have, would have been, <laughs> why isn't this happening? And I frankly don't have a lot of answers to it. And that's why the book, that's why the book is written and why it's such an important thing that we do when we're growing leaders at Arrow Leadership. Uh, we've got to get at this in a highly intentional, personal way, which asks hard questions, which takes people in places that they probably wouldn't normally go to in order to loosen up what the Holy Spirit can do through them and desires to grow in them. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To listen to more and to subscribe to Faith Today, Canada's Christian magazine, please visit www.theefc.ca forward slash faith today.